St. Dominic's Catholic Church in San Francisco presents a homily by Father Vincent Kelber, Christmas Day, January 25th, 2019. Today's Gospel is taken from the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, proclaimed by Father Vincent Kelber. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave the power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were, not, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by man's decision, but of God. And the Word became flesh and is dwelling among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and of truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, this was he of whom I said, the one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace, because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God the only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
a child, yet Almighty God. This was part of the prayer of the friars this morning as we gather, as we always do, to sing the psalms of the church, one of the antiphons of the last psalm today, articulates this mystery, that though a child, he is almighty God. And this is the most important aspect of Christmas. It is the core of what draws all our other sentiments, reflections, and prayers together, that God is among us, and that he is born for us as a child. The gospel today at this Mass probably isn't always the one people expect. It's not really about the nativity, is it? It's not about the Christmas story. As the liturgy unfolds in the different Masses, the different Masses during this day, last night at the vigil, in the middle of the night at midnight, early this morning, and now have four different Gospels. The first three are about the nativity story of Christ, about Joseph and Mary, the angel Gabriel, the shepherds who meet the angels and draw them, who draw them up the hill to the cave where Christ is born. During Advent and Christmas, we in fact reflect on this birth, the birth of Christ in time, taking of human flesh and becoming one of us. But we also reflect on a second coming, the coming of Christ at the end of the world, for which, as Catholics, we look forward to with hope, where the passing of this world and the creation of the new heaven and the new earth. But this isn't that story at all. But in fact, this is that first, the original, the eternal birth of Christ really the eternal begetting of the Son from the Father. As we say in our creed, he is begotten, not made. He is eternal God. And all the other things that we celebrate this Christmas all depend on this fact that the Messiah, this child born for us, is indeed divine, is God. And John, the evangelist, unfolds this for us, saying that in the beginning was God, and the Word was with God, the Word Jesus Christ. And it's that Word through which all things were made. And as the father of the church, St. Athanasius, says, it's because of our own suffering, our own selfishness, our own sin, that though we were created in that image, we broke it. We broke that which was given. Our selfishness broke our relationship with God, with one another, with creation, with everything. And it's because of our own selfishness as humanity, we allow darkness, sin, error, selfishness, hurt, wounds to enter into our world. And St. Athanasius says that the Lord, descending from heaven, makes that mold which we broke, that image, he restrikes it in taking on our flesh and restamps that mark of divinity in us 
so that again we are men and women created in his image. He restores us and in fact through his incarnation makes us greater than we were by the gift of his grace. The Gospel of John today recalls there's essentially two things. That Jesus Christ is the light and the life. We hear this theme today, especially we'll hear it in the preface, that the Lord is the light of the world. Light from light. As we state each week in our creed, light from light. The light of the Father, the light of the Son. One divine light that shines forth not in a hidden way, but in a very real way for us to shine in the darkness. In his Christmas letter, our Master of the Order, our new Master of the Order, Father Gerald Timur, said that most children, we say, they're born into the light of the world, but not the Lord. When Our Lady brought forth our Lord Jesus Christ in the world, this child brought light forth into the world and light for us. That light then that illumines our minds with understanding, but light that also illumines our hearts. And this is key because we can reflect, and we should reflect on the abstract, philosophical, and theological aspects of this feast. But we fail as Christian theologians, and we're all theologians if we're reflecting on these things. We fail if we don't bring it home to an action, to a lived experience for us. And this is why the Lord chooses this way to save us. Because as the preface will say before the Eucharistic prayer, the Lord has made the invisible visible, that in loving that which is visible, we might then begin to love that which is invisible. God is almighty. God is beyond our comprehension. And yet, when he breaks forth in our humanity by taking on our flesh, he makes himself very understandable. It's a door. It's the point of light that leads us along the way of salvation. That we come and understand something that we're very familiar with, the birth of a child. We're very familiar with our own humanity. We look at Christ in the manger. Just in a few months, we'll look at Christ in the cross. And we see someone who is not abstract and distant from us, but though he is different from us in not committing sin, he is like us in every other way, including suffering. He understands very well our difficulties. He knows our joys, and he knows our sorrows. He knows our happiness, and he knows our misery. He knows our strengths, and he knows our vulnerabilities, human persons. He knows what it means to bask in the light, and he knows what it means to have darkness in our life and our hearts. This is so important. This is so key. Because it's here in understanding that Christ has entered into a world of darkness to bring forth our light, not only abstractly, but for each one of us, 
brings home the mystery of the Incarnation for each one of us. Brings home the mystery of Christmas. Many of us engage in the holidays in various ways. It's a very busy time. Sometimes it can seem superficial. Sometimes it's a time of joy in family. Sometimes it's a time of loneliness. But again, Christ in his incarnation bridges all of this together. Our world is a very broken place today. And yet, it's not so much more broken than when Christ was born in the time of Caesar Augustus. That light of Christ, the eternal begetting of God, of the Son from the Father, that's an eternal truth. And though we live in time, we find hope in this child born for us who has brought this light. The evangelist John in his letter continues this theme, bringing it home then and, and, and explaining what is made visible. He begins his first letter in a very similar way to the gospel itself. And he says this, what was from the beginning what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we looked upon and touched with our hands concerns the word of life. For the life was made visible, and we have come to testify to it. This is, in fact, the sign that we undertake today. This wonderful tradition given to us by St. Francis of Assisi of this image, this crash, this manger scene, who itself, no, is not God, but reminds us how close the Lord is and that we can see, we can feel, we can experience these things that reminds us of the eternal truths and the interior truth of that light and that life made possible by God through a life in him, through a life in the sacraments, a life in the experience of God as the Lord willed in these, as the letter of Hebrews says today, in these the last days, these, these past 2,000 years, where our encounter with God is precisely in the gift of the sacraments, in the gift of his mercy, in the gift of his body and blood. John will go on to reflect in his letter too on the light. We have fellowship with him. And while we continue to walk in darkness, we then bask in his light and ask then to ever be confirmed in his truth. In our gospel today, it reflects on John the Baptist again. This is where we began Advent, with John the Baptist. And it says what John the Baptist is. John the Baptist is a model and inspiration for us. He himself is not the light, and he says so to those who ask him these questions, the Pharisees, the scribes, the disciples of Jesus, everyone. He says Christ is the light. And we see in John the way he testifies to the light, by his preaching, by the way he lives his life, and, yes, by his death. It's in his dying, in his own vulnerability, that he brings forth then the power of Christ that we see in John, we see in the saints, we'll see again in a few months at the cross, how the Lord then, in the darkest moment, conquers the dark. The dark, as the gospel says today, does not comprehend him. He conquers it by light. He conquers it by his life. 
He conquers death by his life in the tomb and the resurrection. These things, these mysteries that unfold us today, are great theological truths, the core of what we are as Catholics. And yet, they're also meant in this moment of grace to influence the way we live our lives, to be a moment of hope for us. We have all those cards that tell us how to feel at this time of year, don't we? And the songs, peace, joy, hope. But these things are not always emotional, are they? Hope is a virtue. Hope is a gift given by the Holy Spirit that we must then exercise, that we must exercise in our life so that it's active, so that it's alive. And just because we might not feel hopeful or feel joyful all the time doesn't mean hope isn't alive. Because precisely those things in us or in the world that might rob us of hope well, in fact, we don't hope in them anyway. If we do, of course, they'll be a source of despair. And when we lack hope in those things, that's okay. Because we then have that broader vision, the eternal vision of God, that says that the Lord is Lord, the beginning and the end, forever. And that his birth into our humanity is a reminder to us of that. And his coming among us, as the saints say, do not change him, it changes us, that we might be children of the Most High God, that we might have that divine spark given back to us, especially in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our hope is intellectual, it is spiritual, it is exercised most precisely when we have difficulty hoping and that we can reach out to God and say, Lord, in you alone do I trust. I know you are here. You were born for me, for all of us. Help me to respond to the promise of your mercy, to the promise of your salvation. You ever notice, sure you have, each Sunday, in each great solemnity of the year, the creed is, is prayed. The creed is a prayer and is a statement of faith. We say what we believe, that we believe in the Trinity as one God, that we believe when the Lord works his salvation through the church, we believe in the resurrection of the dead, etc. Every time we pray the creed, we bow. We make a profound bow in thanksgiving and in worship of Christ born among us, except for two days a year. The two days which we celebrate the incarnation of Christ, the Annunciation of Christ when he becomes incarnate in the womb of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary on March 25th, and today on December 25th, nine months later. We, will, we, we kneel down at those words, like was done for so many centuries in the church. So during our creed today, we'll kneel down, not only to worship Christ born among us, but to give him thanks. The thanks that we should render to him for having the mercy, for loving us to such a great extent that he has come to be one of us, making himself vulnerable again to the hurts of the world 
so that we might discover then the strength, the strength and the power of God, the power of God alive in Christ born for us, alive then in his, the mystical body, in us, his church. Not only where we're strong, but most especially maybe where we're weak. Not only where it's, our heart is light, but also it's where it's dark. Yesterday, our pastor at Midnight Mass had recommended a short prayer for the coming days of Christmas, the rest of the season. And he said, Christ, be my light. What a profound and beautiful prayer. Christ, be my light. Each one of us needs this now in our lives. Our world needs this now, this prayer. People are hurting around the world. Our government needs this prayer. Our family needs this prayer. The poor need this prayer. The sick and the lonely need this prayer. Christ be my light. I would, with Father Michael then, as he said last night, invite us all, encourage us all, challenge us all to embody this prayer in these coming days. Just like with Lent, there's a whole season of Easter, so it is here. Christmas does not end today for us. It just begins. And as Christ is born for us, we can pray this prayer, no matter what the sentiments of the heart. We pray this for ourselves and for all who are dear to us and all the world, that Christ be our light in these times. Sometimes we are discouraged because our prayers are not always answered. But we remember that when we pray, sometimes the results are yet invisible. But at the end of the second coming of Christ, all that was invisible will be made visible. All the good that we've done, all the evil we've done too, but all the effects of our prayers, all the effects of our selfishness, all the light, all the dark, but at the end, the light of Christ will shine on it all and bring then to the church to respond to him, the people respond to the gift of his love, the mystery of salvation. Christ today was born for us as a child, but he is almighty God. He comes to us in a way that we can comprehend and understand. And his tiny infant hand reaches out and calls us into the mystery of his divine life, illuminating our minds and our hearts that we might discover the power of God, the mercy of God, the love of God in this child born for us.